Hey everyone, it's Jamie, and today we are talking about the places we stay and the hauntings that seem to jolt us a little more because we're out of our comfort zone. Today, we're going to talk about some haunted hotels and the ghosts that are said to have never checked out. We've almost all stayed overnight in a hotel, enjoying some time away on a vacation or traveling for, for work or a family function. And sometimes we share a room with a spirit. And sometimes they make themselves known. At least they did at these locations. So our first location is located in Austin, Texas. Right in the middle of town sits the Driscoll Hotel. It was built in 1885 and completed in 1886 by Colonel Jesse Driscoll. The hotel has 189 guest rooms and suites. It has a bar and a grill. And almost immediately after its opening, a little girl had an unfortunate accident that resulted in her death. In 1887, a four-year-old girl named Samantha Houston, who was the daughter of a Texas senator, was chasing and playing with her ball, and she ended up falling on the grand staircase, and the fall resulted in her death. A few years after she died, her father commissioned a portrait to be painted, and it does hang in the hotel on the fifth floor. It's said that it did hang in the lobby, but was moved after guests and staff constantly heard laughing and what they believed was her spirit manipulating the painting and either her eyes following you or her facial expression changing. People still report seeing these events happening with the painting and guests say that they've heard the laughter and the sounds of a ball bouncing in different areas of the hotel. And it is strongly believed to be the spirit of little Samantha still playing and having a fun time. In the comment section of a website talking about the history of the hotel, um, I did read a comment from someone that claimed to have said that they stayed in the hotel and heard the laughter of a little girl. And when they walked by the portrait of Samantha, they heard what sounded like a little girl laugh. And then they heard this, uh, like the sound of a ball bouncing. They also said that they seemed to feel her follow them to a room and that they had felt this playful energy and this just happy feeling. And it lasted a while until they were getting ready to leave their room for dinner. And then they didn't feel or hear her again the rest of their stay. I, of course, cannot validate that statement. I just found it interesting because I found this comment on a website that wasn't talking about the supposed paranormal activity, but just the general history of the hotel. Of course, they could have easily found that info and just posted the comment there, but I I felt like I wanted to include it in here just because it was nice to see someone claiming something that's written on a couple of different websites. But also, the one thing that I noticed that I thought was different about their comment is that 
they believe she stayed with them for a while and that it wasn't something I've seen anyone else making claims of. So, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of a neat little comment to read and kind of makes you wonder, you know, okay, is she more attached to some people than others and maybe have other people felt this and just not mentioned it? Or are these the only ones? So, And is it real? Is their claim real? Getting back on track, let's talk about uh, Colonel Jesse Driscoll. Uh, It is said that his spirit is still very much known at the hotel. In his life, he smoked cigars. And there are phantom smells of cigar smoke often that are noted by guests and staff. And that's really all I could find about the hauntings associated with the Colonel is the cigar smell. But another spirit that I did find a little bit more about is said that said to still reside at the Driscoll is Peter Lawless. He lived at the Driscoll for 31 years until he died in 1917. Peter was a railroad man and is said that as a spirit, he's seen in the lobby elevators. He's been said to be checking his watch nodding to staff and then just disappearing some people have said that the elevator has taken them to the correct floor without anyone pushing any buttons and that's believed to be peter it's it's said that they they believe that peter's going to the elevator or in the elevator and has heard or knows what floor that the guest is getting off on or the staff and being a gentleman he just pushes the button for him. And I, I guess, honestly, if you have a ghost around, a friendly one is better than a negative or mean one, right? And there is a story of a haunting at that hotel that is said to take place in a certain room. Room 525. The history of the room was so sad and in the haunting of it made staff shut off the room for a while and it did eventually reopen in 1998 but there's there's a story behind the room that I is understood why they they felt like the history of it was so sad and it's I read somewhere that they they didn't want to take the chance of it happening again so that's why they closed off the room but So room 525 is known as the Suicide Bride's Room. There's a legend that says two women, 20 years apart, both on a honeymoon, took their own lives in the bathroom of that room. Guests have said that there are leaks in the bathroom that defy explanation. They've seen apparitions, and one apparition they've claimed to see is a woman in a wedding dress. I couldn't find a whole bunch about this and I mean really it's kind of I think apparent that this is more of a legend associated with the hotel than an actual fact. Uh, One story I found said that one woman committed suicide in the 50s and then the other one of the other stories I said uh, found says one was in 1991. Well that's more than 20 years obviously And neither story mentions 
the second suicide. So that's where you kind of have to question, is this really more just a legend than an actual fact? And one of them didn't actually have a wedding. According to one of these stories, one of them didn't actually have a wedding, the one in 1991, because her groom called it off the day before. So there really isn't any definite, you know, there, there, there's not a definite story behind either one. There's no concrete proof or evidence that either one of these are actually true from what I could find. But, I mean, obviously that's why they call them a legend, right? I did find, however, that there is said to be a spirit of a woman in a wedding dress on the fourth floor that is seen crying sometimes and or, you know, like wandering the halls. But that she is said to have died on the fourth floor of that hotel. And some of the stories I found said that it was murder and some said suicide. So it's, it's hard to actually pinpoint which one of these stories are true. And like maybe they are just legend. But it does make you wonder. Well, at least it makes me wonder. If the story of the fourth floor bride has leaked into the room 525 brides. I mean, either way, with the stories from guests and staff, I think it's safe to say that something paranormal is happening at the Driscoll Hotel. With, I mean, without a doubt, there definitely is something um, happening. But the... Uh, the suicide brides room room 525 i find that one the most interesting because it seems to have the most people the the, the most stories circulated around it there like i said i read one story that says there was a woman in 1991 whose groom called off the wedding so she took his credit card and went to Austin and went on a very extravagant shopping spree on his credit card, checked into the hotel, and then shot herself in the stomach in the bathroom. So that's one of the stories that I read. Another one, the the one from the 1950s, was that a young bride on her wedding night, they check into the ho- hotel, this, into this room, 525, And she ended up hanging herself in the bathroom of that room on her wedding night. So, is it possible that these actually did happen? Yes. Is it possible that people maybe were mistaken about how many years apart they were? It is possible. But it does say in both stories I read, 20 years to the day, you know, since the first one happened, then the second one happened. So if the first one happened in 1950, then we're looking at the 70s when the second one happens. You know, or maybe it was in the the 70s 
when it ha- the first one happened in the 70s and the second one happened in the 90s. Who knows? Either way, the staff did close down. The hotel closed down that room for quite a while. And because people were complaining of seeing somebody in there, seeing these spirits in there, problems in the bathroom, and just an all-around very sad overwhelmingly sad feeling in that room and it then it ties back into the 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 bride from the fourth floor is is it being mistaken like was she actually one of them and she just happens to be on the fourth floor and somebody maybe it did happen with one of these women in 525 so they're just assuming that this other bride they're seeing the apparition of her or hearing her was tied in to that room too I don't know but then on another site you only hear about the two women who committed suicide in the bathroom of 525 and then you hear about the the bride from the fourth floor so are they all three different it's kind of kind of crazy to think about. And and you do tend to go when I well, I when I started looking at it and trying to find a little bit more fact about it, it was really hard to you start getting off track and then you start kind of you just go down like this rabbit hole and then you hear things about other places nearby and this and that and it was hard to stay on track and I really could not find a whole bunch more that could give me a definite answer about that but I do still find it interesting it is definitely safe to say that the location we're about to talk about is full of paranormal activity and It's very well known already, as the site is said to be the inspiration behind Stephen King's novel, The Shining. That's right, it's the Stanley Hotel in Colorado. This sprawling 420-room hotel was built as a retreat and completed in 1909 by F.O. Stanley, who was also the co-founder of the Stanley Motor Carriage Company. The history of the Stanley is actually quite mild, with no real heinous crimes committed in the hotel and having a surprisingly calm and respectful history. The amount of paranormal activity that happens here has raised many eyebrows, along with questions. If you are ever able to stay at the Stanley Hotel also, I found this on a website and it was so interesting I wanted to share it with you guys just in case. Say you happen to be going to that area and you can stay at the Stanley and you want to get in on the paranormal side of things and hunt a few ghosts yourselves, they do offer a paranormal package called the Ghost Adventures Package. You're assigned a room on the infamous fourth floor and the package includes a pocket-sized electromagnetic field reader a mug that says red rum, and then some other ghostly merchandise is thrown in there. And also, maybe you don't want to do the ghost adventures package, but you happen to be staying there on a weekend, they offer ghost tours on the weekends, and that allows you access to areas of the hotel 
that are usually off limits to guests. And I know that it did say in there, like the basement is one of those areas. So if that's something that you're maybe interested in, you know, you can check that out. I thought it was kind of cool and I wanted to share that when I saw that on that website. So, but back to the hotel. So let's, let's talk about Mr. Stanley. So Mr. Stanley and his wife are among two of the spirits that are said to reside within the halls of the Stanley. It's believed that it's the spirit of Mrs. Stanley that can be heard playing the piano. There's a piano set up in a certain uh, spot in that hotel that staff and guests have played. You know, they hear this piano music playing. And when there's nobody in the area, there's nobody in this, this spot where the piano is. So they believe that it's Mrs. Stanley that they're hearing playing the piano in the afterlife. And it was said that in life, she was actually quite the pianist, that she was a very skilled and very wonderful piano player, and that she would often play music. So that's why it's, it's believed that when they hear this, that's her playing the piano. Guests have, have said to have seen some shadowy figures, hear eerie laughter, see lights flicker, and sometimes see items moving on their own throughout the entire hotel. And it doesn't seem to be concentrated to one area. It's reported in almost every room, which I found really interesting because sometimes a lot of stories that you hear about with hotels, some areas of that hotel that have the most activity happen to be in just a specific room. But it doesn't seem to be that way at the Stanley. It happens in almost every room. These things are reported. So it seems to be a very active paranormal haunt spot. It's also said that there is a spirit who still works on the second floor of the hotel. You know, the, the history did have some moments that were jarring, the history of the hotel. And one of those moments happened to be in the 20s. Uh, Miss Elizabeth Wilson was a chambermaid, and she was working at the hotel. She was lighting, like, gas lamps. There happened to be a gas leak on that second floor, and it led to an explosion that destroyed the entire second floor of that hotel. Now, Elizabeth did survive the explosion and she recovered from her injuries and she returned to work. From what I found is that she said to have worked there until she died later in life. And many guests actually believe she's still on the clock. There are reports that if an unmarried couple shares a bed, they feel as if someone is wedging between them. And this is the second floor. This is on the second floor. Single men have said that they wake up to find their bags packed and in the hallway. Some guests have reported that after returning to their rooms, they've noticed things unpacked from bags, clothes put away, shoes lined up, 
different things of that nature. And everybody believes that that's the work of Miss Wilson, that she is still there. She's still taking her job seriously and she is still working. So it's kind of neat that one, it had this horribly remarkable outcome for a very, I said horribly remarkable, and I guess I didn't mean horribly remarkable, but I mean, it was a, it was a moment that could have been full of such despair and sadness, but Elizabeth survived that explosion. And yes, it did damage to the hotel. And of course, you know, that had to be fixed, but it could have, it could have turned out a lot worse for her and it didn't. And she still went back to work. She was like, yeah, that's good. I was in an explosion. I'm awesome. I survived. So gonna go back to work now. And even after she died, she's still there. It makes you wonder, like, does she really like her job that much that even as a spirit, she's like, yeah, I'm going back to work. She just didn't want to quit. I mean, it's, it's kind of neat that these reports are happening. People are seeing this stuff happening, you know, in their room. And they really believe that this is still an employee. Something else I found interesting when I was reading a little bit about the hotel, I kind of wanted to steer away from the known rooms, the room that Stephen King stayed in, that ins- that he had the nightmare that, su- that inspired The Shining. Or it's said that when they were shooting Dumb and Dumber, Jim Carrey stayed in that room and ended up leaving in the middle of the night. I kind of wanted to steer away from some of the more known episodes and kind of talk a little bit more about the stuff that maybe isn't spoke about a whole, a whole lot. And one of those things is that child apparitions are reported. Many guests and some staff have said to have seen them. And what is baffling to some is why they're being seen, as there is no records of children dying there. This is where a lot of the questions come from. Like, are these children revisiting a place they once did when they were living. You know, are spirits able to move to places easily without much effort? I mean, how do they get to these places? Or is the spirit actually just the residual energy of of a different time and we mistake it for a spirit? Another thing that I actually found interesting about the hotel is that they consider hoaxing a fireable offense. It's, I I know that this isn't necessarily related to the paranormal, but I thought that that was kind of neat. It's because it's such a massive structure and has settled over the years. Sometimes doors and windows don't function exactly as they should. Sounds can be heard as the foundation pops and creaks as normal structures do. So staff is advised not to instantly assume something is paranormal. Instead, try to find a logical explanation for it. And if one can't be found, they can say that they can't explain it. 
but they can't instantly blame everything on like spirits or a ghost or paranormal aspect of it. And they've actually found by, you know, having that rule in place that sometimes there's a couple of doors that are, there's something warped in the foundation or the structure and if you walk on a certain part of the floor the door will close or the door will open so i think it's to me that's kind of neat and i think a lot of it and i couldn't confirm this i did look but it would make sense if they're saying okay we can't instantly do this because they're trying to keep not only a respectful image and you know um of the hotel they they instantly don't want it to be such a scary place that every creak or noise that someone hears they're going to freak out and leave they want to be able to keep guests there too so i mean it would make sense but something else that like I said, I didn't want to focus on a couple of the rooms that are, are already widely known about. But I did see that there's a, there's a host of different ghosts that are said to reside in rooms at that hotel. Like, there are... There, there's like... Apparently, in one of the rooms, there's like a friendly cowboy... And he's said to be, like, really kind to women guests in the room that, that people see him in the most. But no one really knows much about him. They, they don't know who he is, what his story is, why he's there. He just happens to show up. So, and he's said to, like, kiss women on the forehead when they're laying down in bed getting ready to go to, to sleep that it said that they will feel someone like bend down and kiss their forehead um it said that sometimes they see him kind of just pace back and forth in the room and a couple people have seen seen him sitting in a chair in the room but he's not menacing he doesn't you know f- make them feel scared or negative he's just kind of there so it's it's kind of interesting to, to log on and to find some of those stories because they're, they are different and it's not the mainstream stories that you hear. Either way, I think it's safe to say that anyone who has, you know, read or watched The Shining certainly believes that place could most definitely be haunted. But the question that does remain, at least to me, with such a docile history, why is it booked with so many spirits? You know, it's at max capacity, I believe, with spirits. So, how did it get that way? Another place I found interesting is a place that, again, we can associate with Stephen King. Thornwood Castle Inn and Gardens in Lakewood, Washington. 
what I found so interesting about this location is although that it's it's listed on many sites as the most haunted place the amount of hauntings or reports of hauntings about it are actually very few and maybe you're asking right now wait a minute how can we associate Stephen King with that place if you've seen the miniseries Rose Red you've seen Thornwood Castle Inn and Gardens that is where that movie I, I know it's, it's technically called a miniseries but let's be honest a lot of us have seen it as a movie but, but that's where that movie was filmed uh, so if you're familiar with that story the, the story that takes place in the plot of Rose Red it is loosely based off of the Winchester Mystery House but Thornwood Castle provided the perfect backdrop to the fictitious Rose Red it is it's beautiful and to me more interesting you know surprisingly more interesting than the supposed hauntings was the history of the place so it's a three-story manor home and that was built by Chester Thorne well commissioned to be built by Chester Thorne and it was completed in 1911 and it took nearly four years to build that house and three ships had to be commissioned to transport the bricks wood and windows that went into building that home so Chester had Chester had a little bit of money Okay, not even gonna lie, Chester did. He had a little bit of money. And he bought this castle in England and ended up having it deconstructed. But he saved like he wanted because he wanted the, the stuff in this castle and the bricks to build this home. And so the house, Thornwood Castle, is built with four hundred year old bricks. From an original English castle. The windows are crystal. And they were made in England. And the stained glass panels. That are a part of the the interior of the house. Date back as far as 1300. So and I've read. That it has 28 bedrooms and 22 bathrooms. How also. Like I mean. How also. However. I also read that it is 22 bedrooms and 22 bathrooms. So I'm not exactly sure which is accurate, but I mean, it's a fact that there's a lot of bedrooms. There's a lot. The construction of this house was serious. They, I mean, they wanted it to last. They wanted it to last for centuries. And so far it has, I mean, it's lasted quite a while and I, it probably will continue to stand. Uh, they were not messing around with the construction of this house. It has 18-inch floors of concrete and cinder, 10-inch walls, and hand-hewn woodwork from ancient English oak held together by solid wooden dowels. And I'm, I probably even said hoon wrong, and I practiced it. And yeah, I didn't get that right, probably. I'm sorry, guys. You, hopefully you knew what I meant. But the gardens also were 
when they were completed, he had to hire a full-time staff of 28 gardeners just for normal upkeep. I mean, the entire estate is impressive. I mean, it's massive, and it definitely looks like a castle. I mean, it is an American castle. So, what about the ghost, right? <laughs> well, we're, you're supposed to be talking about paranormal, not the construction of this really huge place. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a few reported sightings. There, there are a few reported ghost stories uh, of this place. Now, keep in mind, this is actually a functioning bed and breakfast. Well, it might not be considered bed and breakfast anymore, but it was at one point. I don't know, but it's still a functioning. Um, like, you can stay there. So, and even with as many plate people, like, you know, that do stay there. And, like, you would think that you would hear more stories than what you actually do. But what I did find is that one of the most common sightings is of a grandchild or I mean, it's a little kid and it's known that it's, or it's, it's at least believed to be the grandchild of Chester. Now he died. He drowned in the American Lake near the home when he was young and people have seen a young child by the lake alone. And when they go to check on him, he's gone. And there are some people who have seen this child by the lake, you know, standing alone. Looks, they're, they're suspicious and they think, oh wait, oh my gosh, why is that kid out there alone? That's dangerous. And they realize and they start to think as they're thinking about this or they're seeing this child that, wait a minute, this is not a real person. I'm looking right through them something is not right about this. I don't think, you know, is this my imagination? What is happening here? So there are a lot of people who have reported that. And I believe the owner has even like the, one of the the owners of the place has even said that they have seen this. Now it's said that good old Chester has remained at his sprawling manor. He has. And I don't know if maybe he's a bit of a jokester or if he is just not a huge fan of light bulbs because it says, like, it's been said, you know, there's been claims that have been made that he unscrews the light bulbs just enough so that they're no longer on. Uh, There's been people who said that they've walked into a room And they've seen that, oh, this light over here on the wall was on. Or this lamp was on. And when they go, they look at it again and it's not on. Or they happen to turn their back. Or they they leave the room and come back in and notice that it's not on. And when they check the light bulb, they notice that, like, when when they're testing it, it, it's just been unscrewed. (laughs) That it's just been unscrewed just enough. It's still in there. But unless you screw it back in, it's not going to work. And it's said that they they believe that's Chester who's doing that. It's also been said that they can see the spirit. Some people have seen the spirit of his wife 
looking out the window, looking into her garden, looking into the gardens, just admiring them. So it seems like a lot of the spirits there, or the few spirits that are there, they don't really tend to go into that scary territory of haunting, if that makes sense. You don't really notice a lot of the paranormal aspects with this place as you do with some of the others. The the amount of reports of these unexplained events are a little limited. They're a lot, well, they're a lot more limited than some of the other ones. So, But it was said, too, though, that when the crew was working on Rose Red filming at that location, that sometimes they would have, like, tools or equipment disappear and be found later in a different spot, or sometimes they wouldn't find it at all. So, but like I said, I mean, there weren't many stories of paranormal accounts directly related to that home, but I mean, Rose Red did do a good job of making us think maybe there was. I, the, and I remember watching like a behind the scenes or a, like a making of Rose Red at one point, and the exterior shots that you see of the house obviously are of Thornwood castle and in gardens so that's the exterior shots are of that place and that's instantly why our mind I believe goes to oh my god this must be like so haunted here it's got to be super haunted but the reports don't really show that it's very haunted I will I mean there's reports of some activity that can't be explained and it very well could be of the paranormal kind. It's believed to be. But there's not as many reports as some of the other locations. So, it's like I said, I think the movie really did a good job of making us believe that it was actually more haunted than it is. But who knows? Maybe if you went to stay there, you would have a different experience. Or you would feel something a little different. So, I mean, it's very possible. I don't know. I did find on a website, too, their their rates for certain rooms, like certain suites and, like, for the night stay. If I remember correctly, one of them was at, like, $460 a night, I want to say, for one of their suites. So, if if you got some money to spend... It'd be a good place to go check out and see if something paranormal happens to you, right? Well, if you have stayed at one of these places, by the way, or if you've had an experience that you want to share head over to anchor.fm slash bump in the night with Jamie and leave me a message. I would love to hear some of your accounts of staying at one of these locations or an entirely different thing. Maybe you've had some kind of a paranormal experience or a haunting of your own that you want to talk about or share. I would love to hear about it. It'd be awesome. So seriously, send me some messages, you guys. Again, that's anchor, 
anchor.fm slash bump in the night with Jamie. J-A-Y-M-E. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. I did hope that you, I, I mean, I hope you enjoyed hearing about a couple of these haunted hotels. And I really hope that you guys have, you know, been having a good time listening to these episodes. I, I mean, I've been having a great time looking into some of these places and a couple of different topics about paranormal and I look forward to bringing you guys more episodes so don't forget though to share this podcast with your friends if you guys think oh hey my friend likes ghosts and haunting stories and that kind of stuff they might like this share it please 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 I can't I can't beg you enough (laughs) so but again you guys Thank you all so much for checking this out and listening. I really appreciate it. And until next time, everyone, happy haunting. <laughs>